And I know you guys are in a growth series, and you know our values of legacy. Uh, we believe in the presence of God. We believe in worshiping God, the presence of God. We believe in that. We believe that we are family. I believe that we are family above everything else. And because, as we say, you don't have to get good to be a part of the family. You just become a part of the family. And then our third value is growth. And every one of us in this room this morning must continue to grow. I think growth is in the middle. It's the third out of the five values because growth is the pivotal part of our lives with God. It's the hinge pin. It's, it's the lynch pin. It's that, that thing in the middle that says, you know, if I'm not growing, really, what am I doing? Because I've, I realize that Scripture teaches me that if I'm not growing towards God, then I'm transgressing from God. You cannot stay static very long. So there is a time and place where the Lord says, stand your ground and, and let things, let me deal with things. I'll deal with the storms of life. But you don't stay there forever. You begin to get, your, you get back in the, in the saddle grab a hold of the reins, some Kentucky talk. Uh, you grab a hold of the reins and you begin to go forward again. And so maybe that's a word for somebody in this room this morning because I feel like that maybe you're here today and maybe you've been through some issues in your life and you've been in this little place that you've, you've stood in for a while and, and you're like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to really get back on track again. I feel like I'm on the fringes. I, I feel like that you know, am I really loved? I know Legacy talks about family, and I, I know that they really say that that's who they are in their second value. But, you know, I don't know sometimes that I feel like family. Well, I want you to know this morning that, that you are family. You really are. And, and I realize today that there are people in my literal family that, I don't, that I'm not in contact with every day, even once a week or even once a month sometimes. Even my own sister, I, I talk with her once or twice a month sometimes. But it doesn't mean that she's not family. And so whenever I feel family, that gets me back on track to growth. And this morning I want to talk about something in that series and, and, uh, of growth. And I feel like that there are times in all of our lives, Scripture is very plain about this, and it touches every one of us, about our growth and our emotional maturity. Because emotional maturity, we can, we can be 90 years old in the body and still be emotionally immature in the way that we think, in the way that we handle issues, the way that we deal with things, how we handle other people. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is emotional maturity and our growth in Christ. And whenever we become, thank you so much, I appreciate it. And, and as we find that growth in our life, then we can become that generous person, time, talent, and treasure. Turn to your neighbor and say, time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, and treasure, because that's what God wants from us. He wants our time. That's part of my tithe, if I may. I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to give him my talent. And I'm going to give him my treasure. That's our generosity. That's how I live my life. I live my life because in these three areas of my life, I'm a generous individual. I don't hold back from God in any of these three areas of my life. And then whenever I really become that individual that's a generous person, then I begin to look at life as a legacy. Something that I learned a long time ago in the difference in new money and old money. And uh, new money oftentimes is, is groping for what can I get now. It's, it's like, you know, I'm the first generation. I'm the first individual in my family that's really ever had anything. And so we have this, we have something that we, and maybe not even consciously that we begin to do. And that might be is, is to try to prove that, you know, I've come out of somewhere. I've got some money. But old money thinks totally different. Totally different. Old money thinks legacy. 
I'll never forget when a great gentleman looked at me one day across the desk and he looked at me in the eyes and he said, Jeff, he said, I've made my millions and now I want to help someone else make theirs. It's not anymore about the Cadillacs or the Mercedes or whatever it is that I may attain in life. He said, I can live in any zip code that I want to live in in this whole country. He said, but I choose to live right here. And he's talking about a zip code in Kentucky, not in Louisville or Lexington. But he said, I choose to live right here. This is a gentleman of the Forbes 500 list at one time that had many coal mines and construction companies. And I was sitting across and he taught me a few things. And he said, I want you to know something. He said, it's not about me anymore. It's about leaving a legacy. It's a mindset. It's an emotional maturity about who you really are and how you're living your life. Because you've really got to get to the place in your life that where you're living this thing for someone else. Because it's all God's anyway. I think we've established that to this point. It's all God's anyway. And so I want to direct your attention this morning to a few verses of Scripture that are really found in Matthew chapter number 19 and also in chapter number 20. You realize in Scripture that the chapters and verses weren't there, but they've been put there for us to find, find it easily. And, and so I want to direct our attention to Matthew 19 and verse number 30. And I just want to very quickly just read two Scriptures, and then I'll fill in the body of the story. But it says this, it says, But many who are first will be last, and last shall be first. Then if I drop down into Matthew 20 and verse number 16, it says the same thing. It says, so that the last shall be first and the first last. Whenever we begin to read that, we think to ourselves, and I'll get to the body of that scripture here in a moment because it really explains a lot about who and where we are in our thought process and where we really put God in our lives. I really, at at certain times in my life, I, I really thought and understood this to mean that if I surrender my life to God that he in some way will elevate me to a place that maybe, you know, I've been praying about or something that I've been doing. Why? Because, because I've given my life or I've given myself to God. And in that, in my surrender, then God elevates me. And, you know, that is somewhat true. It is, it is very true. But whenever we get to the body of this, all of this, and I'll read this in a moment, of the story of, of the first shall be last, the last shall be first, or backwards I think I, I, I misquoted that but the point is this morning is is that there's a place in all of our lives that that emotional maturity has got to come home to us when we begin to live for the Lord we begin to understand something we begin to understand our purpose in God we begin to understand that God births destiny in us We begin to understand these things because we begin to feel a purpose. We begin to feel a draw or something that God's put in us. And that begins to grow in us. And that's a wonderful thing. The disciples, they spent so much time with Jesus. And and they began to see a global view. Matthew, and whenever he uh, collected taxes, they went from a place of collecting taxes and fishing to a global view of the body of Christ. What a powerful thing. Something by being close to Jesus began to transform what they really thought about themselves and what they were put here to do. There was something about a purpose. There was, there was dreams that began, passions that began to take hold in their heart. Just like all of us, I, 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 each of us, whenever we draw close to God, He begins to deposit and birth in us purpose and dreams and passions. And those things are very powerful and they're exactly what God wants for us to have because we begin to see things bigger. We begin to travel to Japan and preach for two weeks. I don't know how you do that, but that's what we do. I I told Lyle before he left, I said, two weeks? Are you nuts? What's wrong with you? (laughs) I've never been anywhere for two weeks. 
No, that's just the difference. You know, it, it's so funny because I love that about this generation. I love it because, it, you know, it's, it, it's like I'm giving myself away. I'm giving myself away. And the hardest thing for many of us to do, I know as for me, I'd rather send you than go. Yeah. That, that's just me. I'd rather, I'd rather give you a $100 bill than me have to go to Japan. That, that's just me, you know. I'd rather be with you today than have to be there. But that's just the difference in all of us. But I love the differences because God has deposited dreams and purpose and desires and anointings to reach different people groups and to do things that, that others can't do. And we have to emotionally be mature enough to begin to realize that these things are powerful within us and only God can do these things. And we begin to dream and we begin to start forming something on the inside of us. And God puts us in environments to whereby that those dreams begin to take hold. But where I want to talk about or what I really want to talk about this morning is, is that the root system of God's given dreams is the very right thing for all of us. But manifestations of those dreams can become so wrong. I want you to dissect and think about that statement this morning. Because if we don't watch ourselves, the very dreams that we have on the inside of us that God started, God started it. But if they are not under the, under the presiding presence of God in study and prayer and etc., our dreams grow out of control. The manifestations of our dreams grow out of control. And that's why... God, his disciples, as an example, they were traveling and they were going to go through this city. And as they were going to go through this city, they, they began to, to and, and they said, hey, we want to come through. And they, they denied that they could go through the city. And, and so Jesus had previously said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Well, they begin to say, well, Christ, how about we call down fire from heaven and, and consume this city because they won't let us travel through. Now we've got to go around. My point is, is that the desire was, or the thought process was, God had, Jesus had said to them, whatever you pray in my name, I will do it. But the manifestation of that was totally off we're not going to burn people up because they won't let us walk through their city right so I'm asking you this morning to begin to check the root of your dream but then to begin to look at where that dream has taken you now, a little tweet that I sent out this week, or, or we use in, in Owensboro there at, at Legacy Owens, we use Facebook a lot more. You guys use Instagram. I, I, I don't know the difference that much. I just do it, you know. But one of the things I put up this week was, is God never rebukes us for having a desire for greatness. He just redefines it. He just redefines it. He just takes the greatness that's been deposited by him and he begins to redefine it. Statement, you need to write this down. Take a picture, do something if it's on the screen. But God cannot prune what he cannot see in you. He cannot prune a branch that cannot be seen. Is that better said? Now think with me for a moment. I use that as setting up this next statements. God will let us dream and see what comes out of that, then prune it. So now I'm really talking this morning about a message that's really about pruning. I titled it Emotional Maturity, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about pruning this morning. Jesus puts us in an environment that things grow so they can be pruned. Because if you're growing, you're going to be pruned. 
It's proof that we are sons and daughters of God. It's proof that we are a part of the family. It's proof if you're being pruned that God's got his hand on you. It's proof that whenever God rewards all growth, he rewards it by pruning us. You might as well just get ready. You might as well thank God for pruning. You might as well thank God for the hurt, the owl, every once in a while. Because it's in the owl, the pruning, the hurt, the pain, every once in a while that keeps us on the right track. Because our dreams will grow out of control if we are not continually being pruned. How do we get off on the wrong track? How do, I, how do I get derailed off of God's call on my life? How, how do I get to a place in my life that I was called of God, doing the work of God, and then one day find myself standing somewhere doing something that I never would have done if I had stayed in the presence of God and been pruned? God is forming things in us that represent Jesus well. Anything that doesn't represent Jesus well, he's coming after you. But it's because he loves you. And it's whenever you begin to do and say things and get attitudes that God says, Oh, I see it now. They've let it out. Everything birthed in us will take on a wrong manifestation if it's left alone. Everything. It gets out of control. That's, it's our flesh. We get it out of context. We get it out of control. Pruning comes from our time alone with God. Why is prayer important? Why is study important? Why is it that I get alone with God? Why is that so important? Why is it that I have a prayer chair in my office that's not behind my desk? Why is it that I spend every day in that prayer chair? Why is it that I close my eyes for 15 minutes without worship music, without anything, without saying a word, and just say, God, just speak to me? I think I I preached a message here. It's been a year or longer possibly about the prayer chair. If you don't have a prayer chair, you're missing it. Because in that just 10 to 15 minutes a day, God prunes us. God says, I don't like that part of where that's going. I don't want that in your life. And if you'll be honest with God and let it go, God can continue to grow you. We're in a growth series. We're talking about growing. So so this morning, I want to talk to us about emotional growth. Now let's read the story in Matthew 20 and verse number 1 through verse 16. A lot of scripture, but let's read together. Let's read verse 30 again. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning, and he hired laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for Daenerys a day, he sent them into his vineyard, and he went out about the third hour, and he saw others standing idle in the workplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give to you. So they, so they went. And again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour. And did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and he found others standing idle. And he said to them, why, do you, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you will also go into the vineyard and whatever is right you will receive. So when, e- when evening had come, the, the owner of the vineyard said to the steward, call the laborers and give them their wages beginning with the last to first. And when those came... Who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. 
But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal with us. Who, who has, excuse me, you have made them equal with us, who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, and he said, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to you, excuse me, there's a little shadow up here. I'm losing my spot. I, I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me, the landowner, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye, and this is what I want to point your attention to, or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. So many are called, but few chosen. God does reward. I want to bring this home to you. God does reward faithfulness, but it's all by grace. You didn't earn it. My wife and I have been in church for over 30 years, been married for over 30 years now. You didn't, I didn't earn it. It's not because I was so good. It's because God's grace was so merciful to me that I can stand before you today and have anything to say. But I want you to understand, God does reward faithfulness. But you didn't earn it. It's because you were faithful. Just remember, everything is by grace. God will use people oftentimes to do things. I've heard other men say this, but God will oftentimes use people that haven't had nearly the time alone with God that I have, not judging them. It just can't be. They've been in the church for a week, a month, a year, and they're getting things that I possibly, my wife, have been praying for for years, 33 decades, praying for a certain thing, never had that manifestation. Somebody come into the kingdom and get it immediately. That just doesn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem fair. I, I, I don't understand. I'm like, well, God, come on, get, share some of that. And you, you may have been up against maybe some of the same things. But notice with me in verse number 15, again, I read, it says, Is it not lawful for me to do with what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? Now, whenever we define evil eye, it just simply means envious. Write that down in big letters in your notes. I believe that jealousy and envy is the number one blockage to promotion. The very number one thing. God tests us. God tests us to see the quality of what we can carry. Growth. 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 This is not about numerical growth because if I will grow as a disciple, numerical growth happens. I'll never forget a man told me one time, he said, Jeff, anything healthy grows. I don't care if it's a weed. I don't care what it, it doesn't matter what it is. Anything healthy grows. Are you growing? And if you're not, then I have to ask the next question, are you healthy? 
My wife and I truly believe 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 23, where the Bible teaches us, Paul teaching to the church at Thessalonica, and he begins to talk to them about being, about being whole, spirit, soul, and body. If you know us very well, if you follow my wife on Instagram or whatever, you're going to see a lot of stuff about smoothies. And eating healthy and juice and, and vegan lifestyles and et cetera and so forth. Because I really do believe that the body has got to continue to stay healthy if you are going to be all that God wants you to be. You, you, you've got to be mobile, man. You don't have to run marathons, but you got to be mobile. You got to be healthy because I do know this. I know that whenever I'm in pain in my body, it messes with my head. Come on, somebody. Get healthy. Get healthy. Say it. Get healthy. Turn to your neighbor. Get healthy. Tell them. Get healthy. Amen. My soul, my seat of reasoning, the place that I, the place that I, I take in information and how I process that information. And if I'm not healthy in my head, if my soul's not healthy, we tend to twist everything to the negative. Well, anything you hear, well, I'm just going to tell you right now. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, they must be doing this and they must be doing that. Well, they wouldn't have gotten blessed if they had to be doing something wrong. Well, they, if they had a, you know, I don't know how in the world they drive that big long car. How do they, how do they, oh, just shut up. Because the truth is, truly, isn't it? Because God blesses and does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he didn't ask me. But we can get all twisted up. We can get all twisted up because we want things to go the way we think it ought to go, when we think it ought to happen, and etc. God does the blessing. The last, excuse me, the first the last shall be, I'm getting it all messed up. Amen. Last shall be first. In Luke number, chapter number 16, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he was teaching about money and was talking about stewardship. And didn't Maggie do a wonderful job receiving that offering this morning? It was such a wonderful job. I want to ask you this morning, how do you handle other people's things? Because whenever we start talking about handling other people's things, then we have to start dealing with our stewardship. Even whenever we talk about tithing, and I'm not going to talk about tithing, but it is, that is a great example because that's God's stuff. And whenever we start messing with God's stuff, it tells a lot about who we are and our emotional growth. Because if I can't handle God's money well, because I'm just, I'm not giving God anything. I'm returning back what I don't own. It's not mine. I don't own the tithe. It's God's. And so I'm just returning back. Maggie, I'm just returning back. I'm just giving back what's not mine. Do we have the forewith all emotionally and mentally and in growth enough that we can give God what's already his or our? And I believe this is where Malachi comes in because we're thieves and robbers. Why? Not that we intentionally go out to steal something from God, but it is is that we do not have the mental or emotional capacity to do what God's called us to do because we're living in fear and not faith the opposite of faith is fear and when we live in fear we do things that we would not otherwise do my fear drives me to do things my fear drives me to keep and not give my fear emotional growth and in this verse of scripture Christ's talking about other people's property it's what he's really talking about 
How do we handle other people's property? How do you, if, if I give you my truck today and say, I'll go take it and drive it for the day, can I trust you? Are you going to be out spinning the tires and doing donuts? What, what are you going to be doing? Driving it through flood water? That's not mine. Let's go. No, seriously. If we begin to think about it, I'm not trying to be real funny. I'm just trying to say, how do we handle other people's stuff? There's a maturity in that. Amen. The disciples, Jesus told them, he said, hey, whatever you pray in my name, I'll do it. All right, let's call down fire from heaven. Let's burn up some folks because I don't like them. They should have let us walk through their city and they denied us. But I want to ask you something this morning. I want to say this. How do you handle other people's joy when you're going through the valley? When you're going through a tough time, how do you handle other people's joy? We must adjust our experience in our life to be joyful with those that are having are going through a place of their life that's joyful. Or does it even compound the issues of my emotional instability and immaturity? Because I can tell in a moment where we are emotionally in our, mature to, our, our maturing in Christ of how we handle other people's joy. Getting a new house. I just want to let you know. I'm just so happy God finally, he blessed us with that new job. I got that promotion. Are you the person sitting back and going, how'd you get that? What'd you do to get that? I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I really want to really want to be happy with you or not because you got that commission check for fifty thousand dollars. My Lord, what'd you have to do to do that? Don't you tell me about all the money you make because I don't know if I really want to hear it. I don't know if I really want to listen to it because I'm struggling right now. I'm talking about growth. If you want what you've been praying for that seems to be out of your reach right now, you're going to have to learn to rejoice with those that are rejoicing in areas that you haven't been in. Oh, I don't know if you heard what I said because there was just a few of you that really enjoyed that. Because the fact is, until we can rejoice with those who have things that we have been only praying about, we are not spiritually, emotionally mature enough to receive what it is that we've been praying about because God said, I'm looking for the quality of who you are on the inside before I bless you because if I bless you and you don't have the quality of emotional maturity to handle what I'm about to pour out in your life, it's just going to mess you up and you're going to have a wrong manifestation of what I bless you with and it's going to come out in a wrong way and then I'm going to have to prune you and then you're going to get mad at everybody around you and I just soon not have to prune you in that way. Can I preach for a moment? I feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah, this, you got you to forgive. That's that old Pentecostal stuff comes out in you. Y'all just have to forgive me. I know what you all are used to, and I love it. I enjoy it. I like Lyle's preaching better than mine. But this is just who I am. This is just who it is. <laughs> 
But if God's saying, I want to pour it out in your life, I want to pour it out in your life. But if I give it to you and then you distort it, if I give it to you and then you squander it, why don't we just get you in a place that you can handle it before we give it to you? And then when I give it to you, I don't have to prune it away from you. And then in return again, bring it back to you. And we've wasted years dealing with the attitude that come back with all of that in which you've lost. And not because you could, because I give it to you too soon. It's like giving Spencer when he was 10 the car keys. It's not going to be pretty. He just couldn't handle it. And boom, boom, just all over the killing people. <laughs> Amen. I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to do that. And God said, if I give it to you, you're going to be reckless. If I give it to you, things are going to happen. You're going to hurt people with it. You're going to, you're going to use your authority and you're going to hurt people with your authority because you don't know what it's like to, to have grace. You don't know what it's like to, to be last. You don't know what it's like yet to have to go through some areas of your life to where you have to wait a minute before something great happens in your life because once you get that authority, man, you might use that for your good instead of the king good. Get an attitude. Get an attitude about my authority. Get an attitude about my position. Get an attitude about my title. Get an attitude about my goodness. Get an attitude about my blessings. Get an attitude about my money. Get an attitude about my house. If I cannot adjust to celebrate someone else's victory, I'm not qualified for the victory that I've been praying for. Come on, somebody. Amen. The test. The test. God might not always seem to be fair, but God is always right. He's always right. If we don't watch in the view of another's blessing, we will pervert God's blessing Whenever we begin to say things that degrade the blessing. We may call it discernment. But discernment is often a title given to hide my suspicions. Which at the root is jealousy and envy. And we often use the term discernment whenever discernment is not even a biblical principle. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 that God gives and he lists his nine gifts of the Spirit and discernment is not there. It is the discerning of spirits. So God gives me the ability to discern a demonic spirit that might be attached to you to help pray you through a situation. But he doesn't give you discernment to judge the saints. And thank you, sweet pea. I've been in this longer than you. I'll tell you right now. This is what ought to happen. This is how it ought to go down. But it comes out of a place of envy. It comes out of possibly, possibly, possibly. I'm just talking about growth this morning. Out of a place of jealousy. Out of a place that, of immaturity emotionally. No, no. I think sometimes we've got to stop and we've got to take inventory. Maybe God's doing some pruning in this room this morning. Manifestations, and I loved this statement. Bill Johnson actually made this statement, and I loved it so much I put it in my notes. He said, manifestations 
of our sin are God's mercy so we can deal with it. Now, I mean, that's a mic drop. Manifestations of our sin are God's mercy so we can deal with it. Now think about that for a moment. Whenever I have certain hidden issues in my life, I said earlier in my message, God can't prune anything that's not in the open, out in the open. And so we have to live long enough. Now listen to exactly what I'm saying. I have lived long enough. I have been in the church long enough, been saved long enough, and there are things in my attitudes, there are things in my life that after 30 some odd years start to poke its head out. I thought 15 years ago I had all this down pat. Man, I thought I had it down. And here I am in the church 30, how many? 33 years? Is that about right? Close enough. 33 years or so serving God, being saved, raising boys, and, and oh Lord, having daughter-in-laws now. Every now and then things stick its little head out in my, in my emotions. It sticks its little head out in the areas of my life. And, and where did that come from? God goes, ha ha, I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that to come out. I've been waiting for that to come out to show you really where you are. Stick its head out and knock it off. Stick its head out and cut it off. Stick its head out and cut it off. Some of us in here this morning, we need to let its head come out so God can cut it off. God, 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 God is not going to take care of some things that you're trying to manage yourself. Now, if I manage this well, if I manage this well, if, if I manage this well, whatever we confess to God, God will take care of. But whatever we do not confess, you will have to manage. I'm managing. You can't manage your flesh. You can't manage it. It doesn't work. You cannot manage yourself without God. You cannot get good enough. You can't be good enough. You are not good enough. You are God. Yes, you've been bought by God. Yes, you've been bought by a price. Yes, you're redeemed. Yes, you're blood covered. Yes, you're going to heaven. But there are things that God's dealing with in all of us. And we have to look at ourselves and we have to, we have to say, God, please, please prune me. Please prune me. Please, please prune me. Please prune me. Emotional maturity. Well, I'm not going to let that out. I, I want to hang on to that. I want to keep that behind me. I want to keep that to where I, I can manage that. I think I can manage myself through that one. Think about that. I can manage myself through that. Notice with me in the book of James. In verse, chapter 3, verses 14 and 16, through 16, it says, But if you have bitter envy... No, 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 listen to me. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. You know there is a dark wisdom... Some may call it street smarts. I don't need street smarts, to be honest. I'm going to preach that in the 11 because I want everybody everybody to hear that. 
Because I know people right now saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've got some, I got some street wisdom. I got some street smarts. No, you're fooling yourself. Because James said it like this. He said, the, that, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and it's sensual and it is demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Confusion and every sensual, evil thing resides in that earthly wisdom. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. Demonic invades where there is a selfish ambition. The demonic comes right along with it. Now, I want, this is how I'm going to close today. When we open the door to envy, we invite the demonic to come in and bring its confusion with it. Jealousy and envy must stop. And it stops when we can celebrate someone else's victories. Listen to me this morning. Where you are given... given The permission to dream. And that's right here. I want you to dream. I want you to conquer this world. I want you to preach to millions on a stage that has to be put in a field somewhere. I want you to dream so big that you have the cure to cancer. That you have the cure to whatever disease to, that, you, that God gives you and downloads in you things. I want your creativity to be so strong. But I want you to know where you've been given permission to dream. And that's God. Right along with it comes envy and jealousy why because it just comes with it listen it just comes with it it's just part of it and God wants it that way because he wants to know you'll deal with it God wants to know that you will absolutely take it to your quiet time, to your prayer closet. God wants to know that you will allow Him to prune that. Emotional maturity is lacking in the body of Christ. We will fight over the most ridiculous things. Maybe y'all don't. That's just Owensboro. But we will fight over the most ridiculous things. And God's saying, would you please just let me take care of that? Would you please just put that down? Some people sometimes, I believe, think meekness is not a fruit of the Spirit. And I'll never forget whenever a wonderful man said to me one time, he said, Jeff, he said, let me give you an example of meekness. Now I want you to listen. I'm really, really trying to close here. He said, you ever been to a circus before? 
I said, yeah, when I was younger, I was at a circus. You remember that, that lion tamer? He was inside that cage with that lion, and that lion was sitting on that stool. And that lion tamer had his black hat, his red and his white pants, his red coat on, and, and he had that whip and that chair. Y'all, y'all seen that vision in, in your head now? And, and, and he would sit around, and he'd And that lion would just sit there and roar, but he wouldn't get off of that little stool. He said, you want to know the greatest example of meekness is that lion. (laughs) He said, because I guarantee you that stool and that little whip would not stop that lion if he chose to. So in other words, the definition of meekness is strength under control. It's when I can verbally rip you to shreds. It's whenever I can get an attitude. It's whenever I, don't dis- whenever I do disagree with you. And it's whenever I do decide I'm going to do a thing whether you like it or not. I don't care what you're preaching. I don't care what you're saying. I got my life under control. I can do it the way I want to do it. I can manage my issues. I can manage my sin. I can manage getting through. I'm saved. I took on the blood of Jesus. You know I'm saved, preacher. Leave me alone because you know I'm saved. Well, you know what? I know you're saved, but I know you're stuck. I know you're stuck because we're out of control. Because we're out of control. I've seen staffs. I've seen churches. I often, I used to say that churches split because of sin in leadership. That's not true. That is true. But there's more to it. Churches split over strong opinions that won't submit to leadership. It's true. It's true. It's true. When you can put a spiritual title on something that you are suspicious about, you validate your heart. You validate your own heart. Whenever you can take a God-given thing, put a spiritual title on it to make you feel better. It's so true. And we all do it from time to time. But ladies and gentlemen... You have permission to dream, dream, grow, dream big. But remember, with great dreams comes a place of great pruning. You've got to be willing to be pruned to be willing to grow. And by championing other people's victories, you grow. God prunes the illegal expression. God prunes the illegal expression of great kingdom ideas. And when you get off track, because of the dreams that God put in your heart, God's looking for a people to promote that will say, God, I need some adjustment. I need some adjustment. 
I haven't done anything outwardly yet, but I got some inwardly things. I got some inward things going on that need to be adjusted. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads as you stand with me this morning. And I want to pray over you. And I want, I want a response from this message this morning. I want a response from you today. I want you to do, I want you all, all of you, please. Yeah, come pray, Steve. I want you, all of you, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to bow your heads all over this room this morning because I think this is a great opportunity for you. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed. If you're in this room this morning, And you've been battling. I've asked our praise team to do the same thing because I want you to feel safe right now because there's some of you that need to feel safe to make this declaration. If you're here right now and you know you've been battling some of these things, I want you to lift your hand today because I'm going to pray with you and God's going to minister to you right now in this house right here this morning. Come on, all over the house, all over the house, all over the house, all over the house. Lord, I thank you for those that have had the courage this morning to lift their hand and say, you know what? I've emotionally gotten a little off track recently and I need some adjusting because I want to be able to celebrate with those who are celebrating. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you this morning, Lord, for ministering deep into our hearts because these are the places that the root has taken that very thing in us that it's taken it's seated in us maybe it comes from family maybe it comes from a bad relationship of the past but Lord I pray now in the name of Jesus God that you pull this out now by the root and prune us that we become more like you I pray this now in the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody in the house this morning said in Jesus name Amen. Amen Amen God bless you this morning